The small boat was as tired and beaten as the lone man who struggled to control her. On the verge of foundering, the craft had taken water to a level far above what any sailor would consider the bilge. The man's knees and all below were immersed, yet his feet felt no more damp than the remainder of his body. The tropical sea that leaked through the seams in the hull was warm, quite unlike the hammering rain that soaked through his clothes. This warmth decreased his drive to continue bailing the water that had been invading the sanctity of the little boat for the last two days. How easy it would be to slip over the side into the soothing and protecting waters of the ocean. The pain in his ears would end. The constant noise, the whipping and torture of the slicing rain would immediately cease. He would be surrounded in peace and comfort. But he was not yet willing to die. He was still a young man, although his appearance belied it. And whereas guilt had once pushed aside every noble feeling, the crime that had led him here had been atoned for repeatedly, and the self-condemnation was finally fading. Many would not consider it a crime at all, had they known the full truth, but rather an act of heroism. The man himself did not consider it to be a crime either. It was just what he had done a long time ago. He pulled on the oars again and again, keeping the bow into the wind. If he let the boat turn broadside to the waves, he would certainly be capsized. A wave crashed over him, its mass hurtling into his back and forcibly knocking him off the thwart. His head smashed against the flat, hard wooden board, and briefly blackness overshadowed his senses. It was but a momentary reprieve from his pain, for consciousness soon returned completely, and with it, full awareness of the anguish of his battered body. He clambered back onto the hard seat and grasped the oars. The oars had been his consistent friends for these several days, never breaking the faith, always staying with the ailing craft despite being released from his grasp on so many occasions. He looked at them through the painful slits of exhausted eyes. They were made of British pine, hand-carved by an unnamed craftsman. They were heavy and rough, having suffered years of exposure to the elements, resting inside the small hulls of any number of wooden dories. They had traveled around the world, perhaps several times. On this voyage alone, these oars had traversed the Atlantic Ocean from the British Isles, across the South Atlantic, through the storms of the Horn, then back across the ocean to South Africa, and through the tropical waters near New South Wales to the island called Otaheite and beyond. All this distance, they lay lashed abreast the gunwales of the starboard cutter, hoisted high above the water by the wooden slings of the His Majesty's armed vessel, Bounty. The voyage of the Bounty was certainly one of the most extraordinary imaginable. The ship's captain had been a competent man, dedicated to his ship and his mission, and also dedicated to his country. But perhaps most of all, he was dedicated to his ambitions. The captain had been Lieutenant William Bly. William had been his mentor and friend, a good friend, and as a friend, William had been a good man, generous, conscientious, concerned, supportive. Very particular, yes, but he could even be described as fun-loving and jovial. And he cared for his men. He was calm and controlled. That self-control had been manipulated away from him. The rain continued its assault on the thin and weathered body of the man struggling at the oars. His tortured mind drifted over the events that had led him here. It had been a brief but remarkable period, a moment in time that had defined his life for him, and certainly to the Admiralty as well. 
By the Admiralty, he had been branded a mutineer. Mutiny, that crime considered to be worthy of only one punishment, hanging. He, too, thought of himself as a mutineer. It nauseated him to think what he had done. But what choice had he? Had he not given William, Lieutenant Bly, every opportunity to avoid the events of that miserable day? He had reasoned with him, begged him, pleaded, demanded, and even threatened him. But William, damn him, had stood fast.